Hi, I'm Edward Sree, and welcome to All Things Catholic, where real faith meets real life. You can be a very devout Catholic and still not know how to live life well. You might have tremendous faith, you may pray the rosary, but be a little uncertain. How, how do you raise children in this world? How, uh, how, do you, how do you build a strong marriage with your spouse? You can be someone who does a Eucharistic adoration, you watch EWTN, you read good Catholic books, and still be a little uncertain. How do you live friendship in, in Christian community with others? You know, I think the challenge today, Pope Benedict once said, is not simply a crisis of faith, you know, out there in the world, but as the world has turned away from gospel values, people grow up in a secular world and they no longer know how to live. We don't know the basics anymore. We don't know the basics of friendship, marriage, family life. We have lost the art of living, Pope Benedict once said. We have lost the art of living. I have to tell you from my own experiences, I am blessed to travel in different parts of the world and give different presentations that the kinds of talks that tend to resonate with my audiences the most are the ones that really touch on how to live life, how to live friendship, dating, how to live marriage, how to raise children. Uh, people are, are, are hungering for this. They're wanting to know, how do we do this? I want to do this well. And, and these are from devout people. They love Jesus. They, they know their Catholic faith, but something has not been passed on to them. You see, my friends, there's been a great tradition on how to live life well, on how to be a good friend, how to be a good husband or wife, how to be a good mother or father. And and that tradition of the virtues and how to live these most fundamental relationships was passed on from generation to generation for many, many centuries. But in our modern secular world, we've turned away and have broken away from not just the gospel and religion. Yes, certainly we've done that, but we don't know the basics anymore. We have lost the art of living, as Pope Benedict once said. And what I want to do today, I want to talk about the art of living. I want to talk about what it is. I want to talk about how we can recapture it. And I'm so excited because I have a brand new book all on this topic. Uh, I'm so excited. It just came out recently by Ignatius Press. It's called The Art of Living, The Cardinal Virtues, and The Freedom to Love. And I'm going to share a little introduction to this brand new book that just just came out. And welcome to the All Things Catholic podcast. I'm your host, Edward Sree. And great to be back with you. Before we get into this theme of the art of living, I have to tell you, it's been a fun week for me personally in our family life here. So Beth and I, we just celebrated our 22nd wedding anniversary. So 22 years and counting. So please pray for us in our marriage and our family life. We would greatly appreciate that. And another great blessing was every year I do a little boys trip. I take my three boys, we go into the Rocky Mountains and uh, we have our little boys, you know, little trip uh, together and uh, so fun to to be with them. And one, one of the highlights of the trip every year is we have this mini golf competition. Now, I'm not good at many sports, but this year, mini golf, we did five rounds, five rounds of 18 holes of mini golf. I mean, this is like longer than a PGA tournament, five rounds here. <laughs> and uh, I ended up being the champion, the mini golf champion in the Sri family. Yeah, that's my claim to fame this year. That's my art of living, I guess. Uh, I got 47 under par. 
<laughs> so there we go. Uh, but let's talk about the real art of living, which is uh, so much more important than uh, mini golf here. As I mentioned, I have this brand new book out. Uh, you can get it at Ignatius Press, ignatiuspress.com. Uh, they have the book. It's called The Art of Living, The Cardinal Virtues and the Freedom to Love. To, to get into this, I, I, I want to I tell a story of one of, my, one of my boys who is a tremendous piano player. I may have mentioned him before in other episodes. It, it was very moving. When he was just two years old, he would come home from church and start playing the songs we heard at church on the piano. I mean, he never had any lessons. He would just come home and he would just start pecking away. If he heard Joyful, Joyful, We Adore You at church, he'd start going do, 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 and just peck away at it as a little two-year-old. Uh, when we would watch The Sound of Music as a family, he would be pecking away at The Sound of Music songs. At the age of two, he'd be playing Do, a deer, a female deer, and just pecking away at it on the piano. And he would just keep listening to songs. And as he became three and four and five, he'd have a little C player and he figured out how to like listen to a song and he would just repeat it over and over again until he could play it. And he was playing little melodies from Mozart, from Beethoven, even figuring out the left hand. So both hands together, you know, it was pretty amazing. And he came to this one piece by Beethoven that he really wanted to play. He wanted to play Fur Elise, if you know that song. Na, 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 Okay, so he, he really wanted to play that song, and he figured out both hands how to play the whole first movement of Fur Elise. Uh, it was incredible. I mean, as a little five-year-old, he figured this out. No one teaching him. He's just listening over and over and over again, just so determined. But then... When you get to the second movement of Fur Elise, I don't know if you ever heard the song, but it's like crazy Beethoven. It just goes all over the place. It's just crazy. And he couldn't figure it out. And finally, he said, can I have piano lessons? <laughs> so uh, we took him to um, just somebody. We had just recently moved to Denver, and we just found somebody local and uh, and, and this teacher was very impressed. And every week he'd be learning a new song by famous composers like Bach or Haydn or Chopin. And he would just be learning one new song a week as a little five and six year old, just incredible. And she told us right from the very first month, she said, you know, he's incredibly gifted. Uh, I'll work with him for a while, but after a while, I, I think we should hand him over to somebody else who, you know, really, really works with more gifted pianists. And so sure enough, that time came. And we were, we went and we took him to this new teacher and this teacher uh, was, was, was famous here in the Denver area for working with people and getting them to become concert pianists and all. And, and she was very sweet, but she was demanding. Uh, she demanded full mastery of a piece before moving on to the next piece. And I remember the first time we brought him there and she said, okay, show me what you can play. And he, he played one of those, I don't know, Haydn or Beethoven or Mozart pieces that he did. And she just spent the whole time critiquing his playing and just saying, hey, okay, well, I know that sounds good, but you know what? You, you have to curve your fingers. No, 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 no. Your fingers are not in the proper position. No, 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 no. Like this, it has to be curved. And the way you touch the notes, you're, you're, you're just, you're touching them too hard. You want to gently kind of enter into it and here you touch them harder. And, and so, and now you got to relax your arm muscles over here. And then you, you know, your left hand and right hand, you have to put balance between the two. You know, the right hand should be a little bit louder over here. The left hand should be a little quieter. You need to crescendo. You need to get quieter over here. And, and so she was like, just tearing my son's piece apart left and right, like the whole thing. And I remember going, oh, wow, I thought he was really gifted. <laughs> and then she said, let's go, let's go back to the basics. Let's play Yankee Doodle. And she spent the rest of the lesson teaching him about Yankee Doodle or Happy Birthday. I forget what it was, but it was some basic song like that or Twinkle Twinkle, some really basic songs. And we did lots of basic songs the first several weeks together. And I remember thinking, oh, my goodness. 
we're going backwards. I mean, my son every week was learning a new piece by some major world composer, and now we're doing Yankee Doodle and Happy Birthday. And and then she would just really just like really make sure he he curved his fingers just properly, touched the notes perfectly, um, that he, that he had the right tone, that he had the right dynamics, and uh, on these little tiny pieces. And then she eventually went back to some of these uh, other kind of, you know, more classical pieces, but just spent every day making sure that that he had full mastery. Everything was perfect before, before he moved on to the next piece. And I just thought, wow, this is intense. You know, my son, you know, he was learning one piece a week and now we're, we're you know, it's taking several months to master a piece. And I began wondering, is he, is he really going to shine as a pianist? And then over time, I noticed, you know, she would share stories. She'd share share stories from famous composers. And she'd say, well, when Beethoven played, he played like this. And and this is one of those famous moves he made. And then he would, she would teach it to my son. And she goes, oh, and then Johann Sebastian Bach, when when he composed his pieces, this is this is what he was trying to do. And then she would say, and then Mozart, when Mozart did this, and and, and I noticed that after a while she was like passing on this great tradition. It was a tradition of piano playing going back for many centuries. And she herself was well into her 70s when she started teaching him. And and he uh, uh, was getting a beautiful apprenticeship. She herself had entered into this tradition and had mastered it and poured her heart and soul into passing it on to children so that they can enter in to this tradition. It was a beautiful apprenticeship. And while it was hard for the first several months of just going back to Yankee Doodle, Twinkle Twinkle, and Happy Birthday, eventually over time, uh, within about a year or so, he began playing concertos, like like Haydn's Concerto in C, playing with an orchestra. Uh, and so over the next several years, it was an intensive first couple of years, but then he eventually starts winning competitions and performing with orchestras. And it was beautiful to see how he had truly mastered the tradition of piano playing. Now. I shared this story with you because this, this this story, I think, exemplifies something that I want to really hit upon. I want you to imagine right now. I want you to imagine that you are like my son. Let's just say when you were a child, you really wanted to learn how to play piano. And you were just really determined. You really wanted to learn piano. But let's say, you know, instead of getting a piano teacher, uh, everyone just said to you, oh, no, be your own piano player. You know, there's no right or wrong way to play the piano. Just, you know, just discover your own way of playing piano. Just be yourself. Express yourself. You're special. And so imagine, let's say, you know, that, and you heard this from your parents. You know, your, your parents wanted you to, to, you know, to just express however you wanted to play the piano because there's no right or wrong way to play the piano. Uh, your parents bought, you, bought a piano and, and put it in a room and said, hey, you go into that room and you figure it out all yourself. You know, figure it out on your own. Your local school, you told your music teacher at school that you wanted to learn how to play piano. And she just said, oh, I heard your parents bought you a piano. Just, you know, just go express yourself. Just go play on your own. It'll be great. However you want to play your own piano, that, that's just going to be wonderful. There's no right or wrong way to play the piano. And the local mayor, let's say in the government, you know, also hears about you wanting to play the piano. And they just encourage you and say, oh, be your own piano player. Discover your own way. Express yourself. You're a special piano player. And so you, you know, you spend, you know, a lot of time in that piano room because you, you're interested in the piano and you learn, let's say you figured out 
Twinkle Twinkle on your own. You figured out Yankee Doodle on your own. You figured out how to play, you know, Happy Birthday on your own. And and let's say, you know, you you you, you never got a piano teacher. You never heard of Mozart, Beethoven, Chopin. You ever heard of all the great classical composers? You never heard about the tradition of music. You, no one ever showed you about musical notation, that there's music, sheet music, you know, with notes and you can read music. No one ever taught you about that because everyone just told you just play the piano however you want. Uh, you never learned about chords. You never learned about scales. You never learned about musical theory at all. Uh, so you just spent all your childhood growing up just pecking away and you know you hear something and try to play it by ear and, and you're pretty good at that and then let's say you go off to college and then suddenly at college you meet other piano players and you hear them play uh, Haydn's concerto in C you hear them play a, a, a concerto by Mozart uh, you hear them play beautiful pieces by Rachmaninoff or, or, or Chopin. And, and, and you're like, wow, this is a beautiful, I didn't know you could make such beautiful music with a piano. And you start asking all these, these other college students, well, how did, how did you learn this? And they said, oh yeah, this is just by Mozart. And you're like, who's Mozart? Oh, this piece was by Chopin. Who's Chopin? And like, like you never, no one ever taught you about that. And, and these children, these other, these other kids at, at, at college are, are looking at you going, how come you don't know who Mozart is? <laughs> and then imagine they, you know, they start telling you, oh yeah, well, we are piano teachers. They taught us how to play this way. You mean there's teachers for piano? I never heard of a piano teachers. Really? There's, there's people that can teach you how to play and, and play this well. Oh yeah, and then you know we we use this thing these sheet they, they hold out their sheet music. Yeah, this is how we learn how to. Do it. What is this? See, oh, that's musical notation. Yeah, what, what's that? Just looks like a bunch of dots and lines. And what are you talking about? And, he's, and they said, Oh yeah, that's that's how that's how you read music. And you never heard any of this. You never heard about piano teachers. You never heard about sheet music. You never heard about musical theory, musical notation, that there were books about piano playing. You never heard beautiful music like, like from, from these great composers. How would you feel? What would you be thinking? You know, I pose this question to many people. They all say the same thing. They say, I, I would feel cheated. I would feel cheated that I was just given a piano and told to just figure it out all on my own. And no one ever taught me. I, I never got lessons. I never got an apprenticeship and, and I could have. Why didn't anyone tell me? I can't tell you how many people tell me this for something even more important than piano. People often tell me this for things that really matter in life. And I love piano. Don't get me wrong. Beautiful music is good for the soul. But I meet so many young people when they hear about John Paul II's wisdom on sexuality and dating relationships. When they hear about his teachings called the theology of the body, which is beautiful wisdom on sexuality, dating, love, marriage. And they hear this, they say, why didn't anyone tell me this? I was never taught that premarital sex could lead to these problems. I was never taught that pornography could lead to these addictions. I was never taught these things. How come no one ever told me so many young people feel cheated when they hear the wisdom on how to live sexuality well from the church. Why didn't anyone tell me? Same thing when they hear, I hear married couples, when they hear the beautiful wisdom on what marriage is really all about, they're like, how come I didn't hear this growing up? Because <laughs> the secular world just told you, you, you figure out marriage and define marriage or live marriage however you want. 
when people learn about the virtues, they learn about prudence and fortitude and temperance and justice, the four cardinal virtues, the hinges of our lives, all the virtues on the natural level relate to these four virtues. And most people don't even know those four virtues. They don't know how to live them in their life. They don't even know what they are. We've lost the art of living. It's not just that people don't go to church anymore. It's that people don't even know how to live. People today don't even know the basics, and we have suffered, you and I have suffered growing up in a secular age. Because even though, thankfully, if you're listening to this podcast, it's probably because you have faith, you love Jesus, (laughs) you know, which is wonderful. But but I, I don't know about you, but I know I didn't grow up with the great tradition of the virtues. I didn't grow up hearing about the art of living. Now, I'm blessed with good parents and I had really good Catholic schools, but I know that there were many gaps in my own formation because this isn't something that the culture enforces. When you turn on the TV, when you listen to your favorite music, when you're talking with your friends in the secular world, they're not coming from the tradition of the art of living. But for 3,000 years, you go all the way back to the ancient Greeks. The ancient Greeks, you go back, you know, almost 3,000 years to people like Plato, Aristotle, Homer. There was a great tradition of vision for how to live life. Especially, you see this in Aristotle, passed on through the church. Great writers like Aquinas have expounded upon the virtues. This, This grand tradition of the virtues. The virtues give us the freedom to love the freedom to live life well. It gives us the proper vision to see this is what friendship is all about. Friendship with God, friendship with others. These are the virtues that we need to live those friendships well. And that's where we find our happiness when we live friendship with God and others well. That's what the Catholic Church teaches. That's what Aquinas taught. But this grand tradition of the virtues has been withheld from you. If you grew up in this secular age, unless you had an extraordinary, unique experience, most of us, we did not get this in our education. Most of us did not get this growing up on MTV or CNN. (laughs) Most of us did not get this because the modern world intentionally broke away from that tradition. You see, the great Enlightenment philosopher Immanuel Kant once uh, kind of summing up the era of, the, of, of, of thinking from, say, roughly the 17 and 1800s, roughly. Um, the, the, very popular in the Western world for, for people in this enlightened age, so-called enlightenment was being an, an, a, quote, an independent thinker to throw off the yoke of tutelage. So if you want to be an independent thinker, you have to throw off the yoke of tutelage and just think for yourself. In other words, you don't want an apprenticeship. You don't want tradition. You want to just set aside tradition, set aside everything that came before you and just think for yourself. Just go in your room and you just think and you'll figure out what life is all about for you. That's not how we're made. As human beings, we are made to learn the art of living not on our own and not just in books. We don't learn the art of friendship, dating, marriage, parenting, and most of all, living in friendship with God. We don't just learn that by locking ourselves in a room and trying to figure it out on our own. We don't learn it just in books. It's passed on person to person, heart to heart, like that amazing teacher that that taught my son the art of piano playing. She had mastered the tradition and poured her heart out into passing it on to my son and many other young people. That's how the art of living was passed on. 
But when you start entering into the 17, 1800s, the, the, the primary way of thinking is, no, we set aside tradition. We cut ourselves off from tradition and we just go think for ourselves. And so it's basically like if you want to learn piano, like the, the enlightenment approach to piano playing is go lock yourself in a room. Hey, you, you get a piano and go figure it out. Just, just play. You know, there's no right or wrong way to play piano. You figure it out for yourself. That's what we've grown up with, my friends. We need to rediscover the art of living, the, the, the tradition of the virtues, and we need to pass them on heart to heart to our friends and especially to our children. We need to pass on intentionally the, the art of living and the tradition of the virtues. And that's what I talk about in my brand new book called The Art of Living, The Cardinal Virtues, and The Freedom to Love. Uh, it's out with Ignatius Press. You can get it at Ignatius Press website, ignatiuspress.com. You can go there and get the book called The Art of Living, The Cardinal Virtues, and The Freedom to Love. My brand new book here. I'm so excited. Um, I'm going to be doing a, a few more podcasts about uh, some of the different virtues. We're going to get into this because we really want to learn. We, I know you want to learn the art of living. You want to learn the, the, the virtues for your own heart and your own life, but I know you also want to pass it on to others. So let's let's give our lives to learning the art of living, which you don't just get from the catechism. You got to get from the great tradition of the virtues. The catechism points to it, has a whole little section on the virtues, and it's pointing to this tradition. Uh, so my brand new book helps to unpack that so we can live it and pass it on to others. Thanks so much for listening. If you have any questions, you can always reach me at edwardsri.com. That's edwardsri.com. Or you can find me on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. God bless.